Ignite your curiosity with Austin next. We're watching Austin transform from a thriving ecosystem into a global superstar. With our host, Jason Scharf, we aspire to better comprehend the true nature of innovation. Together, we will uncover what makes a successful ecosystem and navigate the technologies shaping our future. Now let's dive into what's next. With South by Southwest 2024 barely a month away, I wanted to take a different approach to this year's pre-South by episode. With hundreds of events and thousands upon thousands of attendees, you think it would be easy to get lost in all of the chaos. Instead, every year the festival serves as a spark for creativity and a platform for innovation from the hallway to the stage. I wanted to really dig into the how all of this happens and what we can learn from it. In today's episode, I am joined by two of the people making it all happen. Chris Valentine is a key member of the South by Southwest Interactive team with more than 25 years of event producing experience for startup pitch and technology related events. He serves as the event manager for South by Southwest Pitch, a cutting edge startup competition where companies from around the world compete and showcase leading technology innovations. South by Southwest Pitch has showcased more than 647 startups with 93% securing a combined $23.2 billion in funding, and 17% of those startups have since been acquired by Google, British Telecom, Huffington Post, Apple, Live Nation, OpenTable, Meta, Michelin, Constant Contact, and Harman. Some of their prestigious alumni include Clout, Icon, Hipmunk, Wildfire, TubeMogul, Siri, food spotting, and tango. In 2009, Monica Sachs started working for South by Southwest, helping speakers prepare for their March speaking engagement. Now the Senior Director of Conference Programming, she helps ensure that the conference portion of the event runs as smoothly as possible so that both speakers and attendees alike have a positive experience. Monica also oversees the Innovation Awards, an event showcasing a variety of forward-thinking products and projects from all around the globe. I hope you enjoy my deep dive with Chris and Monica. This should be a fun one today as South by Southwest is coming up. Chris, Monica, welcome to Austin Next. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Jason, for the opportunity to speak with you. So South by is such a pivotal part of Austin, Austin's history, I think Austin's future, and it's its evolution. I think has matched so much of what Austin has been. It's it started off as a, just a small little music festival, you know, nothing nothing too big, right? And has really kind of evolved into that kind of multi dimensional event. It includes film, education, technology, design, culture. I think I can keep going on and on and on. Uh, of course, still includes music. But it, one of the things that it, it continues to, I think, be at its core, or at least from my opinion, like innovation is really a key part of that. How do you see innovation intersecting with South by? Monica, why don't you kind of kick us off at kind of as a, at a, at a holistic level? Sure. Um, well, I think if you think about what innovation actually means, it's, you know, I think these days we think about innovation from a tech perspective, but innovation can come from anywhere. And I think it starts with the idea of 
creative minds coming together and solving a problem. And so from that perspective, you know, South by Southwest is all about creativity. And because of that, I think innovation just comes along with that. And it's present in all of our content, whether it's conference, even like film and TV, um, how they tell stories, you know, that is, they are always trying to innovate music. There's so much technology that's being pumped into there. So they're also trying to innovate. And because the world is always changing, that innovation piece just naturally plays a role in the way that we move through the world. So I think that one of the things that makes South by Southwest so special is that the fact that it has so many different industries or so many different communities under the tent of South by Southwest. And so as you think about like innovation, I think there is this kind of, it's about technology and it's, it's only focused on there, but you know, one of the things that we have coming this year, which the last few years that Monica works on is like the mayor summit. And so you think about like, okay, well, how does innovation rely into that? And it's like, well, each of these, most of these cities nowadays are having issues with homelessness, kind of how are they transforming to retain talent or bringing in new talent? But I'm just giving a couple examples. And so I think part of the thing that makes South by Southwest so special and, and, and I think Austin's the perfect kind of landscape to kind of allow this to happen is that you have these different groups coming in and they get out of their kind of comfort zone or individual kind of uh, groups that they, that they normally kind of play with, engage with, and, and start to meet other people. And, and there's also this kind of some be proactive in the sense of understanding who's going to be there. It's also these chance encounters. You're in line and the person behind you is dealing with this, this sector, the person in front of you is doing this sector. You have these chance meetings and all of a sudden you go back to your desk and you start to look at the world differently. And that's to me is the exciting part about those creative collisions. Again, playing off that word creative, but not specifically just for technology, although that is a large part, but it's this creative collisions that allow people to kind of um, change the needle and kind of how they see the world. So I want to unpack those things separately and I, I love them both. So one on the showcasing of creativity have we seen through the history of South by the, has it been riding the trends? I'm going all the way back from like starting in the music and, and, the, and then the incorporation of the film riding the trends or being more at the forefront where you see like, this is the first place you saw this new creative output, this new innovation, or has it been, okay, you know, we've seen it this year. We've seen it kind of coming and, now South by is the next place that we've seen it. I will say, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think that the, what South by Southwest does really well is highlight voices that people might normally just skip over or voices where someone might not get an opportunity to share an idea. And I think that's where you're going to find those hidden gems that you're talking about, like, and potentially the next best thing, the next big thing. And so I think our community is also really engaged with what's happening in the world. And so their ideas or um, solutions to problems are coming from their desire to, to solve something. Um, so, but I do think that, like when you talk about the next big thing, like we, I think South by Southwest, when people think about the next big thing that comes out of it, the example is always Twitter. And it was like that perfect moment of um, this community coming together, wanting to share ideas and Twitter being that perfect platform in order to 
highlight these voices or, or thoughts um, that everyone has. Um, and so it was kind of the perfect storm. But I, I do think that South by Southwest was a place where everyone was open to those ideas. And that idea was the one that floated to the top. So I think there's always the possibility of that happening again, because there are so many different voices looking at things from completely different angles that none of us would really even think about, if that makes sense. Have we seen that on the either on the film or on the creative or just the, the non-tech side? I mean, was there is there a equivalent Twitter moment in the non-tech side that happened at South by? Um, well, I mean, I guess you could say that, you know, on the film side, it's more about creativity. It's more about invoking a specific feeling um, that someone can all really connect with. And I would say that the everything, everywhere, all at once winning the Oscar, like having this, this moment uh, and this film that it wasn't normally like this big mainstream film um, being the one of our opening films at South by Southwest, I think that's a great example of the unexpected that everyone was able to connect with and go, Oh my God, this is something incredible. Oh, it, then, it opened at South by. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize. Okay. So that, that, yes. that's, I didn't. Okay. So that it, that's where the moment did premiere there. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at it a couple different ways. I think that, you know, we, we, we have become a platform for companies to, to use us to kind of amplify their voices um, uh, to, to a, a very uh, influential and technology focused audience. But again, there's, there's, a, there's other outliers that kind of play within that. And so with that amplification, I think that it kind of, it, it brings people that are coming into the city to, of Austin to have an opportunity to say, hey, you know, it, it, we're just, we're seeing things that you wouldn't normally see at, at different, different types of events. Um, and then kind of touching on something that, that Monica talked about, like, um, but I, I look at it from a different lens in the sense of like, you know, I think that if you think about an event and like the, the natural hype cycle, we'll call them hype cycles. So you think about like in the last five to seven years, 3D printing, um, you know, uh, blockchain, NFT, um, uh, you know, there's, there's just a metaverse, and, and this year is, is most likely going to be, well, it is going to be AI. And so you have this place where people are coming together, and in some ways the story is already kind of being written, and, you know, AI is, is everywhere at this point. Um, some of those hype cycles, you know, have these kind of spikes, and then they kind of, you know, go down um, you know, on, on that kind of pendulum. But what, where does the outliers come in and actually start to make transformational change? And so her example would be like icon and they do both the 3D homes, which we probably all three know about. Um, they made a huge impact at Austin during South by Southwest. Uh, um, they ended up being like Time Innovations, one of their top companies of the year in 2020, 2019, 2020. Um, and so all of a sudden you're thinking, you know, because at one point we all thought we were going to have 3D printers in our home. we basically going on to some sort of Amazon type portal, print out whatever we needed through, and then just have that. And so that's kind of where the narrative was, but all of a sudden it was like, let, let's look at something where it's kind of outside the norm. And, and have you ever thought about building a home for 3D? And now they're taking it to like space and they're doing it for homeless communities and they're looking at kind of they're working with the military. And so for me, it's these, it's looking at kind of how South by Southwest, part of the thing I think that's going to be interesting this year 
is that when you think about AI, it's, it's less about, we know that AI is the hottest thing right now. I think that's, that's an understatement. But it's like, what are, the, what are the usages and how does it kind of transform kind of the way that, that uh, our attendees, people that are coming to the event, people that are watching the event from the outside, start to look a little bit differently and how are those usages used in people's day-to-day -day work and professional lives. And so for me, when I look at South by Southwest here this year, it's less about the trend and it's more about the usage, use cases of use, use cases of things that are going to kind of rise to the top and how those can kind of be implemented in different ways. And I think that's the part that makes South by Southwest special. But the other part that really works to me is that it's the different industries. It's these kind of, you know, kind of different collisions again. And so then it's not just about, well, I'm only in health and it's only going to help me with this. It's, well, wait a minute, how does it help transportation? How does it help smart cities? And all of a sudden I'm in health, but wait, these actually impact my sector or my impact my industry. And so it allows people to think almost bigger than kind of where they're already thinking. So I want to yeah go back to you're saying with the conversions and, um, and I know the answer is yes. So uh, I want you to, it's going to be the uh, go further than this, but, how do you think about the actual way that the interactions and the convergences happen? So if I think about almost the the nature of certain different conferences and the, the way that they work, right? So I'm going to take like San Diego Comic-Con as one type of conference, right? And the 80% the of that conference is what happens on the stage. It's the announcements, it's the trailers, it's them getting, um, you know, getting the voice out of hyping, here's the next big, you know, movie coming out and the communication both in the room and actually out to the wider, you know, world, right? Then the other uh, conference would be like the JP Morgan Health Conference that just happened a couple of weeks. So, and then 80% of it is actually all the hallway discussions. It's the Super Bowl of, you know, business development. You know, none of, none of the actual, you know, it's, it's some of it's the actual conference itself is actually not a, is very different than what's happening outside. So when we think about South by, where does it fit in that? Is it the people are, is it that, you know, yes, I'm going to the, the, the major you know, featured events and I'm learning and I'm, I'm seeing those things. Is it everybody's actually making deals behind the scenes when we have this fact that like you do have a music festival, you have the film, it's almost these very different types of events. How do you think about South by in that kind of continuum and the convergences that are happening? Well, you're right, Jason. The answer is yes. <laughs> um, well, I think that what makes South by Southwest unique compared to um, other conferences, and I think you touched on it with your two examples, like Comic-Con is really specific on, I mean, essentially entertainment. And their goal is, yes, to make announcements to let the audience know exactly what studios are doing, what's coming out, what's going to be next, you know, whether it's next year or the, within the next five years. And then you have your other um, example, which is also really, really industry focused. And um, so you're talking about, you had mentioned the goal of those conferences and how um, the audience interacts with the content, whether it's, you know, conversations in the hallway or announcements and listening to them. I think that for South by Southwest, the conference it's, or the event itself um, gives you a whole bunch of different opportunities to connect with people. But the thing that really makes a difference is 
that there are so many different types of industries that are present at South by Southwest. So it's not just an entertainment focused event, or it's not just banking or not just sports or not just health. It's all of those things under one roof. And the way that we try and program our content and the voices that we try to highlight, what we're trying to do is also encourage people to get out of their daily, you know, work industries and go listen to other content and get a different perspective. I think like that is the big value. Like I want the, I want the sports executive to go listen to a session in government and civic engagement, even though it might not have something to do with what they do in their daily work life, but they're still able to pull ideas from a session that they would never normally have access to, but they get that access when they come to South by Southwest. They'll probably also go to the sports media meetup or, you know, listen to something that is specific to their industry. But even when they go and listen to something specific in their industry, the voices that we want to represent for that content is also going to be outside of what they would normally uh, get an opportunity to experience if they were going to go to a like, you know, sports specific conference. Um, And I think that is actually where the value of South by Southwest is. And then they can go to a film at night um, as dessert, if they would like. I'd like to throw there. I think that if you think about South by Southwest and what makes it so unique is it's community focused. And it starts with, you know, if you think about when the season starts, the season really starts, you know, during the summer with the panel picker. And I'm not, I'm not involved in that process, but, but Monica is. And, you know, typically from an event cycle, you usually think about the event that you're about to attend close to when you're about to attend. You might book your information you know, a couple months out and then all of a sudden you don't think about it until you get a little bit closer and then you start to kind of prepare if, if, if that's a priority for you. But with South by Southwest, you know, we, we start to engage the community um, during, during you know, June, July, and there's the voting that kind of happens after it. And in some ways, the community has a large voice in kind of what is being created. It's unlike any, it's unlike almost any other event. If, if any, I don't know if any other event that does it like this. I, think I, I have never it. seen anything like that. It's your point. Like I think you, th- I think about conferences when it's time to buy the tickets to go and yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're ready or the agenda comes out, but this, not only the fact that you have, as you said, like panel picker and this, but that, and especially being here in Austin, like South by, is not a festival conference. It's an institution, which is a very different structure and form than anything else. It, it's, it's a part of the community. And so, like, you know, I, I see you around, as you said, like the panel, panel pickers, you know, there's a seasonality to, uh, to the, fe- to the festival like th- that you have. And now of course, then you have, uh, you know, South by Sydney coming, and it's just, it's a very different thing than any than. Hey, here's CES that you know everyone's going to for that week, and then nobody thinks about CES except for the week before, unless you're exactly. planning your giant booth for this that, this industry or that industry. So, it does have a very different flavor than but, than anything else. But in in some ways, we, what we've done is we've we've we put the tent down, built you know we built a tent. And then within the tent, we allow the community to kind of help facilitate 
what what is going to be within that tent but that's again very very you know different and then we start doing our calls for like even for south by southwest pitch our calls our deadline is november that's like four or five months before event most events don't have that cycle but we we have to because of the scale and so we're constantly out there kind of reinforcing the south by southwest you know brand uh, to a larger community um but I feel like people feel like they have an opportunity to be engaged. And I think that's what, so I think it starts even before you walk on site. Um, and there's a sense of ownership. There's a sense of, um, you know, brand loyalty uh, um, that you don't see. I think in some ways there's almost a little bit like, I want to be careful. I say this, you know, how like people, when they think about products or services, Apple kind of comes to mind of such a brand loyalty. And I feel like South by Southwest has that as well. And it's such a unique, um, you know, just such a unique way for a company uh, to have that, that kind of engagement from its audience. Um, and really that audience, really the community. And so I think that when it starts there and I think it just kind of morphs into when you get on site, people just start to feel differently. Um, and I think that it's an extension of that. And so you have these kind of places where people are, you know, they, they're a part of the conversation. They've created what's on the stage. You know, yes, we do some, some, you know, we do. We have to. We have to do some curation of that as well. Yeah, that's being responsible event producers for something at this scale. But I think it's. I think it starts there. Then it moves into on site, and then there is that sense of ownership. And so when people are walking around, and then there's just such a higher connectability, um, because I think it starts. I think it kind of morphs into those. It's, it's kind of like these. Ex, the foundation's really strong. It just keeps kind of creating more and more a sense of, of like I own this, even though they're, you know, they've purchased the opportunity to work with with the badge to to attend. So. I want to kind of look look inside the tent a little bit for a minute into the kind of the sausage making because some of the things that that you both have mentioned is trying to drive and Chris, I, I like the term creative collisions. I use that term a lot as well, and I think about where we are in innovation in that both technological convergence and sector convergence is a big push of where I think we are all going, going forward. So I think that's where a lot of the innovation is going to come from. How do you, when you're thinking about the way you're putting South by together, how are you, you said like you want the sports exec to go to like the government, like, okay, without having to hold their hand and say, I'd like you to go over here. (laughs) How are you thinking about the design of the tracks of the layout to actually facilitate one having those people try out different things mm-hmm. and at the same time how are we trying to drive the type of serendipitous creative collisions that really is the foundation for innovation well Besides just saying um, magic which would be great that would work too <laughs> it's not magic um and you know and honestly it's it's trial and error a lot of time too like we we have goals we're not always successful in our goals but we get an opportunity to continue to try and improve on those things um but we look at the different industries and communities that are important to us and then what is also important to our community and we essentially just try and find that balance um and a lot of our tracks, like they are industry specific for sure. And we know that there is a, an audience that wants the content. But I do also think that just because they are industry specific, I think that natural curiosity of our South by Southwest community 
gives people an opportunity to come here and be like, okay, this is what I do in my daily life, but I'm actually really interested in all of these other things. And South by Southwest is actually giving me an opportunity to check out those things that I, you know, whether it's a hobby or whether it's something that I've been curious about, whether, you know, and, and so from that perspective, you know, variety is a really, really good thing. We try and program for variety um, because we actually, you're right. Like I can't hold someone's hand and be like, Hey, um, you should go to this session. But we, what we do try and do when we put together content is even when it's on a specific topic, we'll look for the speaker to talk about that, that you wouldn't normally think would be a voice in a specific area. So it's really easy to, I don't, let's see, as an example, you could say, you could have someone from Adidas um, come and speak in a sports track. But what if you took that Adidas um, speaker and you put them in design or um, climate change and like take them out of their normal element and put them in something that you, you just wouldn't necessarily expect. And then, so the person going to a session who might be thinking, okay, I'm going to this session because this is what I'm supposed to go to, but they actually get to hear voices that wouldn't normally be represented on topics that they would talk about. So that's like another way of saying, okay, we can be really, really creative about, um, about people. Like there are certain topics that we will always represent, but how we talk about those topics, that's where we can get really creative and, and give people a different perspective. And, that I think is, that's what we always aim for. Um, and when it's successful, it's really, really successful. And people walk out of a room and go, oh, I never really thought about it that way. Or I never thought I would hear this person talk about a given topic. And How then, much are you starting to implement like data and analytics? Like I'm seeing, oh, we're seeing, you know, from the last couple of years, a lot more increase in you know, people who are from XYZ industry showing up at these types of talks and we're seeing kind of crossover of, of these types of industries. And so maybe we should, uh, you know, change up the tracks in these ways, right? Mm -hmm. uh, are we, have you started kind of using different types of analysis that way? We do. Well, we do a little bit. Um, at, a, at a base level, we look at the badge type that are going to sessions mm -hmm. and we're like, um, as an example, I think an, an easy low hanging fruit example, um, we program a lot of XR content and XR is something that we thought would be really, really uh, focused for our film, our film community. But, um, and then the way that it was programmed was geared towards more film industry people. But after getting the data back, we're like, oh, a lot of interactive badges actually were the ones attending this content sure. because they're really, really interested in the technology. So then when we start thinking about programming next year, we take that uh, into consideration when we actually program the type of, of topics that we want to highlight. So like from that perspective, we are thinking about who, what audience is attending, what kind of content. And, you know, we want to make sure that there is content there that we know that that is going to drive them to see it. And for, 
for South by Southwest pitch, it's, it's, um, you know, for, for me, it, everything starts in the summer. It's actually one of my, it's one of my busiest times in the year. And, you know, where they're focused, Monica and, and different parts of the organization are focused on panel picker. I am literally on calls from early morning until late at night and I'm recruiting an advisory board. And the advisory board this year is about 250 people. Um, typically about 40% are from outside the US. And I'm literally looking at startup ecosystems from around the globe and saying, um, you know, if, if, if they, that person, Jane or John Doe has their pulse on the startup ecosystem, you know, I, wanna I wanna have them involved. And when I look at the board, I look at it from a diversity perspective, uh, sector diversity, you know, geographic diversity, uh, you know, gender, lots of different types of things. And I'm, I'm, my goal is to potentially to create, we ultimately are a competition, not a showcase. So the best have to rise, but the best can only rise if they're aware of the opportunity. And so my ultimate goal is to basically showcase the best companies from around the globe during you know, March every year. But by having this strong advisory board, they're pushing into their network. And they're funneling in things that kind of come in, into a funnel that you wouldn't normally see at an event. And so what show what showcased or, or kind of on stage is going to just by, by chance look different um, because of the way that we approach it um, from from the from the very beginning. And I think that's why we have such a diverse, you know, I, I know a few years ago, one of our categories had four, four of the five companies showcasing from one category were from Asia. Mm. And it was really just random. And again, those were the four best companies that showcased that that year. Um, and so for me, it, it all kind of starts um, on that level uh, early on. And then if once that foundation's there, every part of the event is kind of, because the advisory board, they make rec recommendations for startups to apply. They make recommendations for other advisory board members. They make recommendations for other judges that we could potentially could have on stage. And so it just starts, it just becomes this, and if, and every year I look at it from the perspective of, from a, from a diverse perspective of like, okay, what part of the population am I missing? And so like this year it was focused on people who have accessibility needs and really was very aggressive in trying to find different types of accelerators, incubators, thought leaders, all tied to the startup ecosystem who could specifically be on stage or could push their networks into what we were doing. Two years ago, it was indigenous, the indigenous community. Um, and so it's, it's kind of that natural. And again, all I'm trying to do is just have, I want, I want my ultimate goal is for somebody to tell me no, which I know sounds interesting, but it's tell me no, which means they had a chance to be a part of the conversation. If they were part of the conversation, I have to hope that what we're creating at South by Southwest, not just pitch, but the bigger South by Southwest is makes sense for them to want to kind of make the effort to kind of be involved in what we're doing. And I think if we do that, and I think, so it starts kind of, you know, these creative collisions in the hallways and all those things. I think that there is so many different layers that are, that go on, um, before the event ever starts. And so when you get on site, it's just a reflection of the hard work, the, ex the exhaustive nature that we've put in. I'm already starting to work on 2025. I'm already starting to look at like, what are the trends? Where, where, where are things going? Um, it never ends. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and, and then I'll be going to other, I try to go to other conferences. Um, I'm constantly just trying to look and see. I'll, lis I'll listen to the advisory board and recommendations they make. Um, and so, because we're, we're a reflection of what, what we think people want to see, which is the future for South by Pitch. And so I have to constantly always be thinking about there. But I'm also in a cycle where, by nature, companies time out. You know, they have to be launched within two years, less than 10 million funding. So my community that I'm trying to recruit into, the startups, 
basically time basically kind of opts out because of their eligibility criteria. So I'm always funneling in that pipeline. So it's a never ending process. Um, and so and so like when I go to other conferences, I don't actually go and watch things on stage. I actually go into the pit and talk to all the startups and I'll literally come back with, you know, I think one year was collision was 300 companies. TechCrunch was, you know, 250. And it's just talking to one company after another. And if you start talking to people, what you start to see is the subtrends. You know, this is important. Here's the things that we're starting to see. And I don't, and you won't know those until you actually, that's the, the great about part about South by is once you get on site, you start to, and you start to go to the sessions and start to get engage with the people, you start to see here's, it kind of touched on a little bit before, here's AI, but where are the subtrains happening on there? And, and, and it's almost like you have to kind of be a part of it and experience it. And once you are, you start to kind of pick up your own kind of thought process of like, okay, here's where I think it's going. And it could be right or wrong, but it's still your opinion. You'll read different things from, from the news and, and different things from your peers. So I think that that's the part that's really exciting to me is this, the beginning part of the process and getting to talk to you know, 200, 250 thought leaders from around the globe. Uh, and I do individual calls with the majority of them. So it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of work, but it really kind of showcases well on stage at the end. So I actually think that's a, that's a kind of great segue point when we're thinking about like um, South by Southwest pitch and the innovation awards, how do you see the different roles of these programs and what different types of startups and companies should be applying to one versus the other? Um, well, I think the innovation awards is a little bit different than pitch. Well, it's a lot different. Um <laughs> In the sense of the entries are really project or product focused. So um, it doesn't have to be a startup that's entering. Um, it can be any company as long as so as long as we're looking at a project that is started within the year. And the goal of the Innovation Awards is to highlight you know what people are focused on, like I think that the projects or products oftentimes have this sense of, okay, this is what is missing in the world and we're going to create something because it's necessary, whether it's focused on the community, whether it's focused on solving an issue. Um, that's where the main focus of the innovation awards is. And I think the best part about that is we're showcasing these things and then our audience, our attendees, they get a chance to talk to these companies that are, are working on these things and they're sharing the why. And for me, the why is the most important part about all of this. Anything needs to start with like, why are we doing these things? Not just because like there has to be a reason and no one is going to do these things like blood, sweat and tears unless they're really, really passionate about it. And it always comes out with, with whatever they're doing. So for the Innovation Awards, we have all of these different categories. We have 11 different categories with five finalists. And it's kind of just showcasing in those spaces what new developments are coming or what communities people are trying to focus on because they, they recognize a need for it. Um, and similar to what Chris was saying about artificial intelligence being everywhere, we have an artificial intelligence category, but a lot of the projects this year are not like artificial intelligence is touching so many of the different projects. So it's all about applications of artificial intelligence, which if you only were to like 
follow that within the media, it's pretty much just like artificial intelligence is going to kill the creative community. So what we, what I'm really excited about is how artificial intelligence is being implemented to help a whole bunch of different types of communities, especially from an accessibility perspective. And um, from if, if I think about it that way, it's going to be really, really helpful to so many people. And it's going to change things, not necessarily for the worse, but it can also change so many things for the better. And it really, for me, it, it goes to, I don't know, it gives me hope that from a human nature perspective, like we're, we're good and we want to help all of these different groups and communities and, and, and make the world a little bit better for everyone. So um, I'm also really excited that for our finalists, we have four awesome companies in four different categories. <laughs> um, and, and so it is also Austin a great continues reminder to that show Austin, up. Yeah, like they're doing some really, really creative things. They're thinking outside of the box in a lot of these um, different uh, categories. And um, it's super, super fun. We have one who's like reinventing how tattoos are, are you know, are being... Black dot, yeah. Yeah, like I never even thought about that. I was like, huh, that would be really, really cool. Um, University of Texas, like they also have... Uh, one in the student innovation category that I'm really excited about. So they're thinking about cool ways to, um, I think that one is around um, fire, like putting out fires. Um, And like, these are things that affect everyone that we don't normally think about trying to innovate to make things better. And I think like for the innovation awards, like that's what I'm most excited about. Mm -hmm. They're, looking at problems that everyone experiences and they're trying to solve for those problems in a really, really innovative way, in a way that we normally don't think about. So I'm super excited to see all of these, uh, all of these companies showcase at South by Southwest this year. And then I'll, I'll play off the Austin. I, I pulled in some stats in part of this, this, this uh, discussion and I, um, to date, from 2016 to 2024, the 432 companies apply to South by Pitch. 32 were finalists, 19 were alternates, nine were winners, um, and probably the. Uh, and then this year we have for Austin representation six finalists and two alternates, and the alternates are kind of what we call backups. Um, and so of the 45 companies that are pitching, six. For the finalists, six will be from Austin, which is one of our, I think that's our highest number ever to date. Um, and so, you know, looking at it from a now going from Austin and then kind of opening up the lens a little bigger, um, you know, from a global perspective, 10 of the 45 companies are from outside the US. We're looking at companies from Belgium, Singapore, Netherlands, Estonia, England, Taiwan, Israel, South Korea, Vietnam, France. Um, and so, it kind of with some global representation. Um, and then, you know, one of the things that we know with regards to past companies who have been involved is, you know, 93% of the companies have secured funding, 17% have some sort of exit, and um, 90, uh, uh, equaling 23.2 billion. Um, and what that tells me is that the process that we have established over these, um, you know, 16 years is showcasing companies that are fundable to investors, but it also shows the quality that I think we have on stage. It also, I think, is one of the reasons that if 
somebody was to attend the South by Southwest pitch competition, the nine different categories that the, the and you have to do that with a, with a badge uh, um, for the conference. But the thing is, is that we typically have those rooms are at you know 80 to 100 percent capacity each of the different sessions, even with the, the nature of people just kind of coming and going um, at South by Southwest. Um, the rooms are typically pretty full, if not uh, at capacity. Um, and so the, the, the think of it as a product, the product that we're offering to our customers, there's a value there. And I think that people get a, a glimpse or insight into innovation and the future of things. And what, what I'm doing is really kind of pitch, showcasing the startup pitch event. So think of Shark Tank's Dragon's Den, depending on where you are in the world, and showcasing the early stage innovation uh, within South by Southwest. So in some ways, and I don't think of these companies like this, but if you think of baseball terminologies, we'd be the minor leagues. We're developing, bringing in talent, develop talent. And then we have to hope that over time they come back to South by Southwest um, and they've had successes. And it's always interesting for me to walk uh, the trade show um, kind of later in the event and see the number of companies who kind of are back, who were fi previous finalists and to say, okay, that, you know, they must have had some success. Um, we, we track it, but it's also just nice to kind of see and see what they're doing go from there. Yeah, um, it was, so, as yeah. we were discussing, you know, bef before we hit record, I mean, the for me, the kind of the origin of for, of this episode and us go and going was seeing that pitchbook report, and that you know the the twenty three billion dollars of either funding or acquisition money coming from the you know from companies going through pitch was an astounding number, uh, and just kind of showing that you know. We can we can kind of you know debate the counterfactual. Is it is it that you are attracting the better companies, or is it a catalyzing event? And either or, you know, both are good answers, right? You know, whether you're you're, you're picking well or in and of itself going through uh, South by Pitch is actually a a catalyze. Uh, you know, is, is leading to better funding. Uh, uh, both answers are good, um, but I think it's it's I think it's really good uh, a show a showcase and doing well what what Southwise is able to do um and it's and it's interesting we said it when we were starting back with kind of the twitter moment uh and just the ways in which south by is able to drive innovation at all of these kind of different levels is a, a fascinating thing and really seeing that evolution and then as you said like really to see <clears throat> how over time now that you kind of coming back and almost the you know, I'm I'm kind of having the kind of that 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 inside the actor studio thought for a moment, right? Is you, is you, we said, you know, if uh, if tonight, his big goal was having one of his students to come back and share the stage, and I remember it was like it was Bradley Cooper was the one that was that was his moment of having that. It's the same thing. You want to have that like yeah. uh, that pitch competition person who comes back and now is was one of the is a keynote at South by like that's the that's when you we know that at South by you know the pitch has really uh, has really made it and had that moment. Well, I saw I, that episode, by the way. It was a great one. It was. I, yeah, I saw that. I, yes. I saw that too. Yes. Uh, I, I I would say, like with you know the things that we've done, you know, ultimately my job is to showcase these great companies and early early stage, but we actually put a lot of time into the companies, and I think this is we have a very exhaustive like coaching process, hmm. and so you know I want to I want companies. I, I I said this, I've said this before, but I want companies who. I want them to show their best on stage. Last year, we had a company during the tech rehearsal who was really struggling, and she hadn't actually spoken publicly since COVID, the pandemic. And so she was struggling so much that we, um, I, and I was in the room kind of during the tech rehearsal. I said, why don't we, after she finished, I said, look, why don't you just work with one of, we've got some coaches here that can help you. 
and we'll have them work with you. And she said, well, I actually have a friend who's a coach and she can help me. I was like, well, just work with her all day and we'll have come back at the end of the day. And then, you know, she came back at the end of the day and she, she pitched. It was better. It wasn't great, but it was better. The next day during her session, she, she presented and she was able to articulate her message and she was able to kind of present herself and the company that she was, that she was owned uh, in a way that was like exactly what I wanted. So she came off stage and I don't typically do this, but I went over and I, I just kind of like went over to her and said like, that is incredible. I'm like so happy for it. She goes, thanks for giving me the opportunity and I really appreciate it. I later found out that in the audience was a couple of prospective clients. They wanted to see how she pitched to determine whether or not they wanted to work with her. And they've since gone on and done some work together. Um, but it actually leads to a bigger kind of mindset of what we're trying to do is it's not just to sit there and say, okay, we have these companies, let's just throw them on stage and how they do. We, we have literally 50 coaches, serial entrepreneurs, different types of people who are working with coaches. Pre-event, we make companies videotape. We actually do pre-tech rehearsals on site. We do things a lot via Zooms. There's an exhaustive process. And depending on the company and where that founder is, we can do anywhere from two to eight interviews, or excuse me, two to eight. Uh, we've even had up to 10 um, coaching sessions with these individual companies. And it's a one-on-one -on -one mentor. And it par so part of what we're doing is really to kind of take the company and say, this isn't just a South by moments, it's beyond South by Southwest. And we want to help prepare you. So when you're in the elevator at another event or at wherever in your, wherever your hometown is, you can say like, you were able to kind of articulate your message in a way that maybe you couldn't before and be able to be very crystal clear. And so just take it to another level. And so we actually don't allow companies to do props. We, we have pushback every year. It's like, you're on an elevator, you hit the button and Mark Cuban's there, you have 30 seconds. If you're not going to have your prop with you, go. Tell me what your product is. And we, we, go, we double and triple down on it. But I think part of what we're doing, and I think is that we're, we're also, we're helping our attendees kind of have this great experience, but I think we're helping nurture um, the people that we're working with. I think through the panel picker process, through things that Monica and her team are doing, and then also through South by Southwest, so it allows people to kind of grow, grow to, the key word is there, grow to another level that kind of makes the kind of industry as a whole more impact, or impacting the industry on different ways that I don't think people oftentimes realize. So I want to step outside of kind of direct like this year's South by and some of the, the programs. But, you know, one of the things that like, you know, Hugh Forrest and I have spoken about on the podcast before when you think about South by's evolution is it that in many ways it kind of mirrors Austin itself, both like the influences of Austin, the community. And one of the things that I've started having some kind of discussions over coffee and different things in, there have been many waves of migration and different things that have happened in Austin. I always joke is that the, the two that I've noticed the two things, the constants in Austin have been change and people complaining about change. That seems to be always <laughs> the same. Um, and, but the difference in this wave, and I say it's all me because I was part of this wave, but I, um, the difference in this wave is it was actually a, a tsunami in this kind of this 2020 and on change. And it was a tsunami because of two different factors. One was just the pure size of it. A lot of it was the migration was just condensed of, of it. So you had, it was a much larger wave of people coming to Austin. And the other was, I would say of the, the level of people coming to Austin in terms of the level of, of influence of, of, you know, it was real level of kind of heavyweights kind of, of coming of, of all things, whether Elon Musk or whatever on, on down. And so you've seen the, I was just saying this to somebody yesterday, like you could say like inflection point or whatever is almost not an active enough um, noun to say kind of how uh, Austin is kind of shifting in, in different ways. And so 
Um, but, but I mean that from a positive perspective. I mean, part of the, the one of the pillars of and the origins of this podcast is that Austin is transforming into a superstar hub. And I think that we, we are do, doing that in a lot of different ways. And so the, my question is, how do you see that mirroring at South by? Great question, Jason. Um, I mean, I'm not an Austin resident, but I have been following all of this uh, Austin news and migration patterns and whatnot. And, you know, I think this actually kind of goes back to what Chris was talking about earlier when we open up Panel Picker. Um, our community, you can take our community and say it's very similar to the way that Austin uh, is growing or changing. Um, and I think part of it is we hear from our community and what we hear from our community during Panel Picker as far as like what kind of content should be represented um, is also constantly changing. And we're also, and so we're constantly trying to change along with it by understanding, having a better understanding of what it is that is important to our audience, what, what kind of things that they want to make sure are highlighted. And that's kind of similar to Austin in the sense of it's all about opportunity. Like people move to Austin because of a specific opportunity and we want to create a community here. Um, when you were talking about how Austin, you know, kind of uh, influences South by Southwest as far as content is concerned, like you can think about when um, UT had the Dell Medical Center and a lot of health and biotech started moving in, that was also reflected in the kind of content um, proposals that we received through Panel Picker, because we knew that that was something that people were really thinking about. Um, even before Elon Musk came here, I think that Austin was moving towards a lot of different types of transportation um, conversations. And maybe that's the reason why Tesla ended up coming to Austin. Like maybe Austin was the the one that um, got Tesla to come here. Um, and because of that, though, in our content, there is a lot of focus around transportation. So like from that perspective, I do think that there is this natural connection between what's happening in Austin, how our community is, is responding to it, and then how that translates over to South by Southwest when we hear from our community about what kind of content they want to see, whether that's through Panel Picker or whether that's on site. Um, by um, who is attending what type of sessions. And we, you know, during the event, we are on site um, as staff and we are in the, in the, the hotels and, and the different venues where all of our programming is taking place. And we're going into the rooms, we're talking to people, we're seeing what is popular and we're taking note. And um, I think also Austin is a, is a city is also Austin, a community and one that loves supporting South by Southwest. And we also have Austin specific content that takes place at South by Southwest because we want to make sure that the things that are important to them are represented. And the funny thing about that is it's not funny, but the, the amazing thing about that is when those particular ideas get presented, I look to see who's in the room and there's so many different cities that are are listening to this content. So it's like a reminder that 
you know, Austin might be a trendsetter in a lot of ways, but it's bigger than Austin. Like these are still all topics and issues that affect everyone, no matter where they live. So it's kind of awesome. It's kind of amazing and awesome though, that Austin gets to be the place that showcases these and pushes these voices out and, um, and gets to be the one that potentially influences other people or cities or communities to try and create change. Like I love it. It's incredible. I, I just by nature of just doing building out the advisory board and also just lots of communications that I had throughout the year. What I see is um, talking to ecosystem builders from around the globe. And one of the, the, the common things that I hear is um, in the city, it could be any city. It's like, we want to have our version of the South by Southwest. Um, and and bringing in these thought leaders from around the globe, bringing this community, this, this innovative community, into, in, and then showcasing kind of what um, you know, kind of what we are doing as a city. Um, and you know, think about it from an economic impact. Depending on the year, it's about three hundred to three hundred fifty million dollars that that South by Southwest generates as for for the community, uh, the, the benefit of the community by doing an event like this. So there's there's those components. But I also think it's like um, when people come into the event, they're also coming for, and I think this is what makes South by Southwest so special is it's the connection to Austin. And I feel like it's that, you know, when you come here, Austin has always been, you know, there's always, there was the tagline, keep Austin weird or world music capital, you know, of, 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 of all these types of taglines that were, you know, that kind of allow people to think of Austin certain ways. Um, and we have some iconic brands from Austin city limits and just, you know, so many different things. I think when you come here, it's one of those cities that's just not, it's it's so unique and so such a great place to come visit from its quirkiness to the to the food, you know, people coming in telling you their barbecue and their taco fix. But there's just so many different things. And I think part of coming into the city is that experience. It's not just the content, which is obviously we spend a lot of time working on, but it's the, the whole kind of experiential part. And then we are in some ways showcasing Austin to the world. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, I'm moving to Austin, and the first time I ever went to Austin was during South by Southwest. So we're creating these opportunities for people to see the city in a different light, think about Austin in a, in a different in a different way. Um, and we're not your traditional Texas Austin, Austin. We're not your traditional Texas city either. And we're very we're very unique and different in some ways, and then, and we are changing. And I always say, like with regards to the change in Austin, it's like I'd rather be going up than down or level. And even though we've gone up as a city. I think what's happening is we've come here, it's spiked, and now it's dropping. That drop is still higher than most other cities who had, you know, kind of been struggling the last you know, five, 10 years. So we're still in a, in a desirable place. There's still lots of opportunities, lots of unique things. The culture is really kind of, you know, diverse. And you have these different communities. You've got the government, you've got the university, government because of state capital, university, you know, because of the University of Texas and all the different universities around town, this whole technology kind of play. Um, and so I think it's those conversions of different communities coming together and that kind of also then makes it really special to kind of showcase to, to the world. So, so I always kind of feel like people are always talking to me. When I say I'm from Austin, Texas, there's always that conversation. It's like, oh, I want to go where I've been before. It's such a great place. Um, and so I think we kind of, I think they play well together. Uh, and I think that because of the playing well together, I think it kind of makes them even more special. And then by bringing in the thought leaders locally, they start to benefit. They start to kind of set the tone of kind of what we're able to do as a city People see that and they want to kind of find ways to engage with it. Well, Chris, Monica, this has been great. We always end with the same question. Chris, I'll start with you. Monica, I'll give you the last word. Chris, 
What's next, Austin? What's next, Austin? Um, I think for me, what's next, Austin, is a city that is continually changing and evolving, but in an exciting way. And as I referenced, you know, that, that dip, I still think there's so much that where the city is growing. And I feel like that um, we're, we're one of the most, probably one of the best cities in the world to live, to work, to play in. And I feel like we're, we're, we're kind of ahead of the curve. And I think there's so many different places around the world that want to be like us. And we have the, the good fortune of, of, with you and I and Monica get to visit a lot of being in a place where it's really kind of a special place to, uh, to experience and live and, and create change on a global level. Oh, you're asking the non-Austin person. I feel so guilty about this. <laughs> it's a different perspective. So it is a different perspective. Um, what's next, Austin? I I don't actually know, but I think it's more like, I think it's going to be a renaissance of the food space. It's already really, really strong. The food experience is just like kind of re- resetting itself and i think that austin is going to be the place where it gets to redefine the food experience i think the food is great and i love and i would love a renaissance and increasing so i'm all for that okay <laughs> chris monica thank you so much for joining austin next thank, thank you, so you for having great us so what's next austin We're glad you've joined us on this journey. Please subscribe at your favorite podcast catcher. Leave us a review and let your colleagues know about us. This will help us grow the podcast and continue bringing you unique interviews and insights. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.